Okay, should we welcome Megan? Come on up. This is very exciting. Um, uh, Megan, how, this is an on-the-spot question. How, how has it been so far? You've been here now, uh, what, th three months? How's your first three months been? Lovely. Lovely. Ah, oh, get no. that. I think so. Yeah. Is it on? Yeah. yeah. Is that better? It's been a lovely time. Well, we've absolutely loved having you here. It's been good to have Megan on team. You've brought so much already to this church, and it's been great to have this team that is working throughout the week to serve everything that's going on with outreach for this church. Um, and it's, it's been great to learn to work together. So I'm going to pray for you. Oh, I'm going nice. to let you go. Lord, thank you so much for Megan. Lord, thank you for who she is. Thank you for this radical act of obedience of coming over the Atlantic Ocean to give a whole year of her life to serve you and to grow as a disciple. Lord, we, we don't take that for granted. That is no small thing. And I want to thank you for the way that you have taught Megan, how you're leading her, all that you're investing in her, but also all that she's pouring out for us and for you and what you're doing here. Lord, we bless you for her, and I pray that as she speaks now, she'd know your peace, and she would feel our kindness towards her as she speaks to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hi, guys. Um, so I'm going to be giving my testimony. Does this sound all right? It sounds weird in my head. Okay. Um, I'm going to be giving my testimony um, because what most of you know is that my name is Megan and that I'm from New York. Um, so it might be helpful if you guys know a little bit more about me and how I came to my relationship with Jesus. All right? You cool with that? <laughs> That's all I got, so hopefully... Um, so I did not grow up in a Christian household. Um, and then my family moved when I was eight, and my neighbors came knocking on my parents' door and um, invited us to church. So my mom, my brother, and I went, and um, I would say this is where my relationship with Jesus starts, because then my mom and I, my brother and dad did not come. Um, or stick with it. My mom and I kept going to church on Sundays. Um, that's about it. But it was like a relatively quiet, but, you know, pretty consistent relationship I had with Jesus as an eight-year-old can. So that's where it starts. And then we're going to fast forward to high school, which I realized is a foreign concept because you guys call it something else. And I think from what I Googled, the end of middle school to the beginning of high school is like around year nine here. So hopefully that makes more sense. So around year nine, um, I was invited to a different church's youth group because the church I went to didn't have like a youth program. Um, so I started going to that youth group, and I would say this is when like my relationship with Jesus and other Christians really kicked off. Like so, like more in the beginning of high school, um, I started going to youth group. I went to church on Sundays. I did a Bible study. And then every like couple of weekends throughout a month, I um, would help volunteer. So it was like, you know, multiple times a week I was like in the church doing stuff. So um, I would say my relationship with Jesus was very um, full. Like my life revolved around the church and what I was doing and things like that. 
Well, that's how I remember it anyways, because it was a bit ago now. <laughs> so that was pretty full on. I think uh, it really planted a seed in my soul then. Like, because um, we also, with my youth group, we went to big youth conferences and we did mission trips and things like that. So, you know, you're pretty, um, what is it? Like, you're just, I'm, I mean, you're just surrounded by Jesus and people who are reading his word and diving deep with him. So, I mean... It's, it's a, it was quite an amazing time, I would say. But then we're at the end of high school, which is the end of A-levels, I believe. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I have to go to uni. Um, well, I don't have to. I just did. And um, I tried a church there. I would say that they're not, they weren't the most welcoming. Like, I didn't feel very comfortable there, so I stopped going to, that, to church then I tried a Christian union, but they met pretty inconsistently, and um, I would say they weren't very effective. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's all right. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but here, unfortunately, is where I would say my slow fade from Jesus starts, but I didn't really realize it was happening, because that's kind of what a slow fade is, I guess. Um, I mean, Jesus was still a part of my life. Like, I would pray to him, and when I would go home on the weekends, uh, I would go to church with my mom sometimes. But um, sadly, I would say that God was in the background of my life. Not by his choice, but he's a gracious God who lets us choose, and I wasn't choosing him at that time. So now we're at 22 years old, um, and I finished an associate's degree. I'm working. Um, I end up in a five-year relationship with a guy, and um, I would say I no longer go to church at this point, not even on the big days like Easter or Christmas, so not, not great. Throughout this time, I did have like a nagging feeling, I would say, every so often that like something was missing or that uh, something was miss- missing or I was like generally unhappy with the trajectory of my life, which isn't a great place to be in. Um, but I would still pray so every so often when like things were going wrong or if I was like really excited about life and just being thankful. But I do believe God was still listening to me then, just like any good parent does when, you know, their kid moves away and stops calling regu- regularly. So now we're at 26 years, um, and I'm going... At 26, I was... Um, contemplating whether or not the relationship I was in was a healthy or good one, (laughs) which um, I decided it might be good to ask for a second opinion. So I started seeing um, a counselor, and the reason this is relevant is because she's a soul care counselor who um, works through prayer ministry, so she was highly involved in my church back home. Um, So this is where I would say Jesus starts knocking on the door for my life again, and um, that's where I kind of started realizing I think that's where I need to be in life, is more connected with Jesus again. And I would say that worked quite well, because then at 28, I was reading my Bible regularly, going back to church, and um, considering moving to another country <laughs> to serve the Lord in a town called Totnes. And we all know how that turned out. I was hoping, though, that if I made this leap of faith, I could find the same Jesus I knew in high school, which was, you know, an all-encompassing, like, 
just on fire, going to conferences, just seeing miracles happen and things like that. But I would say that's not how he showed up when I came here. <laughs> Did somebody laugh again? I love it. Thanks. Um, yeah, that's not how he showed up. Um, I would say it's a more calm and quiet relationship with Jesus that I find here. Um, one where he sees me and knows that after a difficult day, I might just need a train ride where I get the whole table to myself. And, or he answers the questions I was just thinking about in my head through a devotional I was reading. So I felt like there was a couple different things I could have pointed to in my testimony. But what I wanted to highlight for you guys is that I believe Jesus meets us where he finds us. Um, he shows up at different ways in our lives, at different stages. And um, so the relationship I had with Jesus in high school, I think, was important because it planted a deep seed in my soul that when I softened my heart again, um, it came back to the surface. This is the same Jesus we see working so many different ways throughout the Bible. So the Jesus who was still listening to me, even though when I wasn't exactly choosing him, is the same Jesus we see in Exodus with the Israelites. They wandered for years, 40 of them, just because they wouldn't listen to God. But, I would say a very big but here, God still provided and protected them. Although, it's not exactly a thriving lifestyle, eating the same food every day in the desert. God still hears us and provides for us, even if we're not listening. But there's a better life to be lived if we do listen, I think. Yeah, God knows our hearts and how best to love and show up for us. But we have to be willing to choose and listen to him. The way that he shows up, it might not always look the same as it has in the past for us. But he's still there because he's an ever-present God who will fight for us and best knows how to love and support us. But he is also a gracious God who gives us a choice whether or not we want to. So I dare say every day we have a choice whether or not we want to see how God's working in our lives or how he's blessing us. Wow, that's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be, guys. <laughs> Aiden, I'm sorry, but that's it. <laughs> Stories are so important, aren't they? It helps us to access truth because it's, it's fleshed out. It's packaged in such a way that, that we can relate to it. Sometimes when you read the scriptures, you can sit there and wrestle with the words because it's really hard to understand what they mean. But when you hear someone's story, you can't really argue. You can just access it so, so much easier. Megan's story is an important one. It's, it's one that shows how we can meander. Most of us in our Christian lives will have the high points, the mountaintop experiences, times where maybe we, you met God for the first time, when you fell in love with God, when you came into a new full of on-fire Christians and something of the fire on their life rubbed off onto you and you caught it. I love that part where she talks about being um, in high school, which is about year nine for us, like th maybe 13, 14 years old, and then stepping into an environment where she was able to catch something of the Spirit of God. Ha hands up, who, who encounters something like that near the beginning of their Christian life, where you were in an environment and suddenly things became easy for you to connect with God? Hands up if you had a period of your life where you kind of walked away from God a little bit or turned your back on God. See, look around the room. This is encouraging. Discouraging as well, a little bit, uh, but it's encouraging too. Um, this happens. This happens. And there can be a whole load of different circumstances that can make that happen. 
It can be detaching from the community that was encouraging you before. You know, like, like that's, that, that picture of a coal out of the fire. When you take the coal out of the fire, it starts to die, and the rest is burning over here, but this coal is going quiet. But you put it back in the fire, and it starts to burn again. That's kind of what it's like to be amongst a community of faith. You step out of that, that environment, and it's really hard to burn bright for Jesus. You, something within you starts to grow cold. But there was something in what Megan said about how uh, the Lord kept knocking. That in that time, I wrote it down, that nagging feeling. Well, there was something missing, something to come back to. How many of you have experienced that nagging feeling when you're trying to walk away from God? He doesn't let you walk away freely, does he? He wants you back. He wants to be in that relationship with you. And he graciously and patiently waits for you to understand. And I love that kind of starting, that, that picture, which actually comes from Revelation chapter 3, uh, of where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone is willing to open the door, I will come in and eat with him. I love the way the Lord keeps knocking. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter how far you've meandered away from God, he just keeps knocking and saying, do you know what? I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. I love that faithfulness of God. And then she said something else that I wrote down as well. He meets us where he finds us. He meets us where he finds us. I don't know where you are uh, within your journey within your pilgrimage towards heaven, what the territory you're walking through looks like. But he meets us wherever he finds us. He's able to find us wherever we are. When Peter had messed up, he had denied Jesus publicly. He had been more aware of his own circumstances and his own life preservation than he was aware of following Jesus. And he had messed up uh, in quite a big and public and uh, documented for eternity kind of way. Um, and Jesus meets him after the resurrection, and he goes for a walk up the beach with him. And that one-to-one -one time with Jesus was enough to restore him and to put back him back on the track that God had for him in his life. And he became an absolute foundation stone of the church and wrote some of the things that, that we need to live our lives. And it just strikes me that there may be people here today that feel like you, you need a bit of restoration from God. Maybe you feel like you've written yourself off a little bit. Maybe you feel like you've not lived up to the standard that you've set for yourself in your Christian walk. And you're thinking, how, God's gonna, how is God going to meet with me? How, how's God going to turn my life back around? I'm really grateful that, that God sent a mentor um, to come alongside you at the time when you were ready to, to walk back into a deeper relationship with God. And this lady, Robin, who I've heard a little bit about, um, was the right person at the right time. Well, Jesus put his arm around Peter in the same sort of way and restored him and released him to get on with his life without the baggage of shame and feeling like he'd missed the mark. And if, you, if you're feeling like... <sighs> I think I need a bit of that kind of restoration. I think I've missed the mark that I think God had for me. Sometimes you need someone just to put an arm around you and to speak words of life and affirmation, to encourage you that God's grace is sufficient for you, that God's goodness extends to your situation and where you've got to in your life. And he, he will use us sometimes to do that for others. He's used fee to do that for many people where they've come to you uh, and said, I, you know, this is me. And by looking at God's nature and God's looking at God's word for each of us, it's amazing how God can just pick us up, put us back on the track, and set us off into a brand new spirit-filled chapter of our lives. So I want to encourage you that God will meet you wherever you are. So I wonder if we could spend a little bit of time now
just simply praying for one another. We're going to break into twos and threes, um, people around you. Trying to sit with people that you feel you, you can trust and just share as much as you feel able to. And we're just going to respond to this idea that God meets us where we are. Whatever season we're in right now, see if you can articulate where you feel you are within your spiritual journey right now and what you feel maybe you need from God or what you'd love to receive from God, what maybe your next steps are that you're wrestling with. And we're going to pray for each other. We're going to put our arms around each other a bit like what that person did for Megan. And we're going to ask God to bless this next season because who knows what God's got for you in the next season. This turned into Megan coming over to the UK and serving over here. I'm, don't all go overseas, otherwise there'll be nobody left. But, but God might have something specific for you to step into. And you need the encouragement of your church family to be able to pray for you and release you into that next season. So let's do that now. Let's break into twos and threes. We're going to take a little bit of time. We're going to pray for each other.